0: You know, and uh, it's all of good ideas, good intentions, but it, it's kind of, there the are things that the Lord is supposed to carry that we actually need to trust Him with it, you know, and especially with what the Lord's busy with in His in recent times of really stepping out in faith, trusting the Lord for people to be added, to, to be saved, and even the Ryan sharing on maturity for all of us actually to grow up into the things of God. It's something that we need to trust the Lord for. It's not something that we... And it's not a shying away from responsibility. We do take responsibility for our own walk with the Lord. But there are things that we are not supposed to carry ourselves, that it's His to carry. Because we're walking with Him, right? And like the disciples walked with Jesus. We are those that should walk with Him. And uh, we are on this journey to become mature. And it's incredible to, to witness what the Lord is doing and how He is maturing us. Um, you know, and, and for us to grow into, into the things of God. And it's challenging. Oftentimes, it's really challenging because, I mean, who, who of us do not want to grow? We want to grow. We want to be those that are mature in the Lord. And um, it's challenging because life happens. Life happens. There's, there's, there's a sweet moment in His presence, and then Monday comes. You know what I mean? And then, then it's we are often confronted with um, our real state of our maturity and so it's important for us to position ourselves correctly um you know even with this picture we have to position ourselves correctly otherwise we're gonna have moments of growth and then actually moments where you're not growing and for us to be consistent is so important um and um we we really need the lord to to lead us and jesus was consistent did you know that? Uh, often when we look at him in the Bible, you think like, Yo, Lord, you, you're always surprising us. Now at this moment you do this, this moment you do that. It doesn't mean he's inconsistent. It means he's consistently in the Spirit. And for us to become mature, we need to be consistently in the Spirit, positioned rightly. And um, this morning, it will definitely not be structured, just so you know. But I'm just going to share my heart, uh, what I feel is, is on the Lord's heart. Um usually I'm quite structured, you'll see my notes always points and all of that, but now it's kind of a mess, uh, <laughs> just uh, a spirit-led mess. <laughs> well, well, we'll hope so, I trust that the Spirit will speak to us this morning. And so in Hebrews chapter 12, um, if you want to open it up with me, welcome to verse 1-3, um, reads as following, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, so he's referring to like great examples in Hebrews 11, some euros in the faith. So he's referring to, to them. And since we are surrounded by them because they're not alive anymore, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus The author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Just put verse 2 on for us. And it's just something about Jesus enduring the cross. Then I'm like, oh, my goodness. Imagine one of us have to do that. I mean, I would probably just, I don't like being sick. Those of you, um, you know, ask my wife, I've got, usually it's a man flu thing. I don't know. It's like I cough twice and I want to stay in bed for all day. You know what I mean? And so even just thinking of the pain that Jesus must have gone through, I think I probably would have backed out quite early on the journey <laughs> if I was him. But Jesus didn't. Jesus endured the cross, and I, I always just think, Lord, how did you, how did you do that? Because remember, He was man. He was in, He was a human. He's God that became human, and so He had to go through things that we go through. Jesus actually was a baby at some stage, and He had to grow up, becoming a mature adult. Did you know that? We always think like Jesus. Being his baby, you know, and, and preaching to the thousands. He was a baby that, that didn't speak. And he actually had to grow up in adulthood. Obviously, he never sinned. And that's, that's, that's why he actually could die for us on the cross, because he was faultless. And he took our sin on, upon himself on the cross. And he endured the cross. And I'm always thinking, Lord, how did you manage to do that? And obviously, we, we know uh, we, we kind of know the end from the, from the beginning. But there's something about the scripture, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So there was a joy set before him that he had in mind. There was something that he saw, and because of that, he endured the cross. And so what is that joy? Because, man, I want to know what that joy is. Because I, I don't want to rush in. But that's profound. It really is profound for me to know that for the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. Just picture that. Like everyone mocking him. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a fast death. Did you know that? Apparently, I mean, there's, there's some different opinions, but it was at least six hours, the death on the cross. That all experienced it was at least six hours. And so it wasn't a fast death. Quickly kill you type of death. It was a long, slow, brutal death that he had to go through. And through it all, he had something in mind. And that you can kind of get this picture of that was his motivation. You get this picture of he had purpose for what I'm going through now. He had a vision for what he wants to accomplish. And that's why it's all right to go through what I'm going through. Isn't that beautiful? And so he endured the cross. He had a joy set before him. So what was that joy? It was a joy to come. It was a joy that still needed to happen. He knew what the Father wanted for him. Did you know that? He knew what his Father wanted for him. He just knew what his Father's heart is. And this morning we can know what the Father's heart is for us. And Jesus knew that. He knew he would be resurrected. He knew he would be restored to the place of glory with the Father. He actually looked forward to save people. He actually looked forward to me and you being saved on because of the price that he paid. Can you imagine that? Like, honestly... Someone said it recently, I think it was, I can't remember. Um, Like even if Jesus had to die just for you, he, he would have done that. If you were the only person in this world, he would still die for you on the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And so there's kind of a sense that we are his joy, right? We are the joy that was set before him. Obviously we... We allow sin to creep in our lives and we actually displease Him. But if we're living according to like how He wants us to live, we are the joy set before Him. <laughs> he actually willingly gave His life for me and you. And it's, it's so encouraging to know that, that there was a purpose for why He did what He did. But it gets, um, it gets harder for us he calls us to do the same. In Matthew 16, verse 24 to 25, listen, listen to this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. And there's a sense of Jesus losing his life so that we can actually find life. But so often we want to fight for our lives. We want to pick up our lives. And then in what, what we're actually doing is we're actually losing our life in His sight. But we are those to lose our lives for, for Him. For, uh, for, uh, but whoever loses his life for me will, will find it. And so we pour out our lives for Him. And in pouring out our lives for Him, taking up our cross, then we find life. And so he calls us to pick up our cross. He, he, he calls us, me and you, to pick up our cross and to follow him. And uh, it just sounds hard. <laughs> uh, but because of what Jesus did, we don't have to, to die the same death. We don't have to now go and die on a cross and that's us picking up our cross. It doesn't mean... That, But it doesn't mean that we can now pick up our lives and live like we want to because of what he did. So he paid the price for our sin, but then he also calls us, can okay, now pick up your cross and follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. He bought us with a price, guys. He did. He bought us with a price. We are now his. And so picking up a cross really means we lay down our lives for him and we follow him. I think it was you that, that said it once, Paul. Uh, picking up a cross means there were your will and God, God's will cross, you know. That's kind of what you need to pick up, which means not my will, but your will, Jesus. Not my will, but your will. So w- what is your will, Father? That, that's what I want to live for because my life is yours. I don't want to chase after my own will. And we kind of hope Jesus is in it, you know what I mean? No, 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 not my will, your will. That's my, often that is the cross that we need to pick up. And we follow him. And can I say this? Just as Jesus had a joy set before him, he endured the cross. He calls us to pick up our cross. So what is our joy set before us? Because we can't escape picking up our crosses here. The Lord called us to pick up our cross and follow him. But if we're going to try and do that without a joy set before us, It will become, in a bad way, religious. It will become legalistic, and there will be no life in it. But if we have a joy set before us, we'll also endure the cross. Not in the same way, and I'm not trying to minimize what Jesus did. We don't have to die that way. But in the same way, we actually need to die to ourselves that way, to our own will. And we pick up our cross in that way. And for the joy set before us. We'll endure this life. We'll endure our cross. We'll endure actually laying down our will. We'll endure whatever comes our way. And oftentimes, that is the thing that will give us hope. Why, will, why do we go through what we're going through? It's not just because Jesus is forming himself into us. So what is the joy set before you? Yeah. We're called to endure. We are called to endure. To persevere. Honestly, if you don't have the finish line in mind, you'll give up. You'll give up. So, like, maybe you'll, you're so driven that you'll get halfway. But at some stage, you'll give up. The devil will come and offer you something nice, and you'll give up. But if you have the finish line in mind, if you have the joy set before you, you'll endure this race that God called us to run in this life. So are you still carrying your cross? Are you still carrying your cross? Do we have Jesus in our sight? Because for me, that's, that's the joy set before us. It's Jesus. Not one day when I retire. Not one day when my kids are grown up. Not, it's Jesus, man. It's Jesus. That's what I want to have in my sight all the time. No matter what I'm going through. No matter what life throws at me. Jesus is the joy set before us. And if we don't have Jesus in our sight, we'll let go of the cross. <laughs> if we don't have Jesus in our sight, we'll let go of the cross. And we always need to make sure He is in our sight. And so a few years ago, I went to Israel uh, to do some work. Uh, I was a student, and I had some off time, and I was like, well, what do I do now, you know? like Students, you guys have like three months holiday at a time, right? Something like, four months, what is it? <laughs> and so I, I had the same thing, and I was like, okay, what do I do? And I was like, okay, well, let's go work in Israel. Um, uh, I've got family there, and that's why I went there. And uh, so I stayed with two guys from Sweden. Uh, I stayed on this little community, uh, they call it a kibbutz. And uh, we worked on an on a apple farm, it's the worst job in the world, I must say. Apparently, that is actually one of the most boring jobs in the world, is packing apples. I, I realized that afterwards, and uh, it was confirmed by Google. I don't know if it changed recently. <laughs> uh, it's just like I, I just knew this must be true. But uh, I, I stayed with two guys from Sweden, and both of them were atheists at the time. I don't know where they are now. And uh, we shared a room together, and um, I was on fire for the Lord. I, honestly, I, I, was just, I just loved Jesus, and I wanted to reach people for him and so kind of went there for the experience and a little bit of of work experience but actually I want to just reach people with the gospel and so I stayed with two guys from from Sweden and this one guy had a cross around his neck you know like jewelry um had a a cross around his neck and I was quite surprised because like yesterday you said you're an atheist and now today I see a cross around your neck I was like hey wow that's interesting do you know what it means Kind of, kind of trying to get the conversation going, and he's like, "No." I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." So, why do you, kind of, why do you wear a cross? He's like, "No, it just looks cool." <laughs> I was like, "Can I, can, yeah, can I, can I tell you what it means?" You know, and, and I shared a gospel with him. He didn't respond because it's just too cool to wear this cross. You know what I mean? And and I think for us, we can so easily become familiar with the cross, the sign of the cross. How often do we grow up with crosses on the walls and wherever we grow up and some good values that we get taught into, but so often we can get familiar with it and then we kind of let go of the cross. And we should always have the cross in mind. We should always have Jesus in mind. And so the cross really is something to remind ourselves what Jesus has done for us. Every time you see a cross, you shouldn't think, oh, that's nice decor in the house. You should think, Oh, Jesus, I love you. This is what you did for me. He's not on the cross anymore. Now you get crosses with Jesus on the cross. He's not on the cross anymore. And it's a, it's a, it's a, you're reminding yourself that he's also coming back for you. Come on. That's, the cross should never lose. We, we should never be too familiar with it. So I should be fixed on him. Fixed on him. Not wondering, not looking to the world, not looking left and right. Fixed on Jesus. And honestly, I, we, I really want to encourage us. We cannot afford to lose sight of him. We, we cannot lose sight of Jesus. It's one of those, okay, well, yeah, give, us a, you know, give us an exciting preach. But this is, this is how we should walk. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. We should fix our eyes on him. And the world is fighting for, for your sight. Did you know that? Your, your, whatever. just You don't have to look far. Your phone, your social media, your, your career, your whatever. Whatever the world gives you is kind of a fight for your sight, for your attention. <laughs> and we constantly need to, to make sure that we, we keep our sight on him. And so a good check, here's a good check, if your sight is still on Jesus. Do you, do you still get excited to be with him? Do you still still hear his voice? Do you still get convicted when you know you're kind of doing things that's not pleasing to him? Do you, do you know, do you still live for that day when he's coming back for you? Do you still live for that day? Or do you, is it, does it happen that we secretly just allow the world to creep into our hearts and we kind of live for this life and not the next anymore? And we have to kind of check our hearts at times. Like, do we see the real Jesus? Do we have the, our sight fixed on him? And I, I wish I could give you more, but that, this is it. Jesus is our sight. It should be. He is our reward. He is our reward. He's coming back for me and you. If you gave your life to him, he's coming back for you. And then that day when he comes back for you, all the hardships, all the challenges, all the tears, all the sin will be gone. And so suddenly there's purpose in why you need to endure. Because one day he's coming back for you. And... and, and, and don't want to make little of our challenges and our hardships, but man, keep your eyes on Jesus, then you'll be all right. Well, then we'll see him face to face, and, and so Hebrews, Hebrews 12, um, just maybe put that back up, I think it was uh, verse 2, oh no, there, there we go, verse 1, Hebrews 12, verse 1, and let us run Okay, let's start from again. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked for us. And so the day you said yes to the Lord, you're in a race. You're in a race. Don't be too competitive, but don't be too social. You're in a race that's marked out for you, that you need to run well. And so, as believers, we, we are kind of in this picture of a race. And so, recently um, uh, with Milan, I, I did the, the Iron Man. Uh, he's more the Iron in the Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the man. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> anyway, and so it was such a good experience. Just for those of you who don't know, it's a kind of you need to swim. Then you need to get on a bicycle and ride, and you need to run. So it's quite a, a, quite a long race. And it's quite like you have to endure. <laughs> That's what it's all about. It's, it's an endurance race. And can I say that this life is an endurance race? And so I remember in this race, I mean, I didn't rock up there with my suitcase. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I'm ready to swim. And I will probably use that to, to stay afloat. But, I mean, you don't take your suitcase and go, let's go for a run. You know what I mean? It just, it doesn't make sense. And so it's like, why do you even use that example? But it, it doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to work like that. It's unnecessary. You, do, you don't find an Olympic athlete that just runs with his suitcase 100 meters, you know? you will probably still beat me, but uh, I mean, <laughs> it's unnecessary. And in this life, we are not supposed to take unnecessary things with us on this race you are not supposed to take things with you that actually will draw you back. And so that's why the Bible says, throw off everything that hinders. And if you, if you do a race with a suitcase, that, that's hindering you. <laughs> Just go and check me out. Try it. Put a backpack on your shoulders and go for it. You, you're going to feel hindered. <laughs> so the Lord calls us to throw off everything that hinders. All the good ideas that you think will actually help you. But what, what is the Lord wanting to, to give you to run? And so, so throw off everything that hinders. There's sin that so easily entangles. Easily. You think, no, man, this is fun, this is nice, and then just the next moment you're entangled with sin. And when you're entangled with, with sin, if you're entangled with, with like a rope, it's like, I don't know how to get out of here. I don't know how I got in here, and I don't know how to get out of here. And so often with sin is, I don't know how it happened, but I don't know how to get out of it. You know what I mean? So just leave it completely. It's, it's, it's a suitcase that you don't want to take with you on the race. So throw off those things. And so Jesus is our, our ultimate example of this. Jesus was tempted in every way. That me and you attempted. Jesus was faced with challenges that we are facing. Uh, I can mention a few, but he was challenged. He, knew, he knows what you're going through, and he's still, he still he's the ultimate example of perseverance. He's the ultimate example of perseverance. He is the Iron Man. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <laughs> but can I say this? That Jesus is actually more than just our example. He is our final destination. He is our reward that we're living for. He's not just the example that we look at and we try our best to. No, no, no he's that as well, but he's also our final destination. The day when he's coming back for me and you, we're going to be with him for eternity. That's what we're living for. He is the prize. He is the reward at the finish line. And man, I had that red carpet in mind doing the Iron Man. I had that, that you know, that medal in mind. That's why kind of you had to endure. There were moments, we, we, we spoke about it, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore, I'm sore, and you know, people around us are giving up, and you get confronted with actually pulling out in the race of life, actually, but if you keep that finish line in mind, suddenly, you've got a joy set before you that you'll endure the cross. And that's what Jesus did for us. So fix our eyes on him. Let's live our lives flat out for him, just devoted to him, just everything for him. And on this journey, you'll find that he'll make you more like him. If you cont- continue to stay close to him, you allow your heart to be open so that he can come in and transform your hearts, man, you'll stay close to him. Again, I just want to mention this, it doesn't fit in really, but uh <laughs> I just feel like some of us actually should not give up. Jesus has started something in you, and he is faithful to complete it. He is the one faithful. Oftentimes we take that on ourselves, and I'm going to complete what he started. It's not how it works. Jesus will finish what he has started. Just continue to stay close to him. Continue to stay at his feet with your eyes fixed on him. And just endure. We do live in like a fast food generation. Where we want him to do it yesterday. But actually, we need to endure. And so, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, in view of his mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform. Any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God will, what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we're not to conform to this pattern of this world. We're not to conform. That's like a whole preach on its own. Now, what is the world? I think there's so much world in the church nowadays that you actually don't know anymore. That's why we need the, the Bible. We need His principles. We need the Spirit to work in us. We need leadership to keep us on the right path. We're not to conform to this world. You know, it all starts with one compromise at a time. One compromise at a time will take your eyes off of Jesus. But we are called to be fixed on him, not compromising to the left or the right. Doesn't matter what culture says, doesn't matter what the world says. Jesus. Romans 5, listen to this. Verse 1 to 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace of God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into grace in in, in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. When last did you rejoice because you're going through our time? I mean, to be honest, I don't do that. (laughs) Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. So you can't persevere without suffering. (laughs) Okay, just throwing it out there. And perseverance produces character. And so you, you can't have godly character without perseverance. And you can't persevere if there's no challenges and sufferings in your life. So don't try and skip one or the other. It's like, Lord, do what you have to in me. And so perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom whom he has given us, yeah, he has given us the Holy Spirit. And so he is our hope. And so we all want our hope, right? It starts with sufferings. It starts with challenges that we go through. And I mean, we will have that in this life. If someone tells you you're not, like you have to have a prosperous life without any challenges or sufferings, that's not what Jesus said. That will actually make you like Him. And we have to persevere through it. And in persevering through it, we allow Him to shape a godly character in us. That's what He's looking for in leaders, in actually every believer. And then when He forms that in you, suddenly, man, you see a hope that we're living for. And so perseverance is required. Uh, it's just like that uh, Iron Man statement that they—it's uh, actually not very encouraging while you're doing it. There's like all these boards on the side that just says "keep moving forward." It's like thanks—I've still got the whole day left, you know—but just keep moving forward. And perseverance is required. Don't try and escape it. Don't try and look for shortcuts. The things that you're going through right now is actually busy forming you. And we need to allow the Spirit to do that in us. And then I want to end with this. That the sacrifice will become a joy. The sacrifice that Jesus made for us became a joy. And so the sacrifices that we make in this life, the sacrifice of suffering and challenges and hardships, one day it will become a joy. It will become a joy. And and in Hebrews 12, it says that, um, uh, let's see, where's that? Uh, In verse 2, for the joys, let's read that on the board quickly. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. This is the one. Uh Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And there we go, what I just said. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And this is what I want to get to. And sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you see the beautiful joy of that? That he had to go through sacrifice and now he's sitting in the right, on the, throne, the right hand of the throne of God. And so his sacrifice became a joy. And one day we will be with him in eternity. That's what we're living for. And I actually want to encourage us this morning. Your sacrifice is not wasted. It's not wasted. You giving your life to Him. You saying no to things. You saying yes to things. Keep the joy in mind, which is Jesus. And it's not wasted. At times it feels wa- like it's a waste, right? It feels like, man... I could have done this with my life. I could have done that with my life. But actually, it's not wasted because we're living for him. This, this life feels long for us. But if we keep eternity in mind, it's, it's actually it's quite short. And we need to have a godly perspective. It's not wasted. And I want to end with Romans 8.18. Um, do you have that on a board? Romans 8.18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Like one day when we see Jesus, when we're face to face with Him and He comes back for His church, for those who have given their lives to the Lord, that's, that submitted themselves to Him, that said, Lord, you're not just my Savior, you're my Lord as well, so I follow you. You're my Savior, you're my Lord. Those can have that in mind, the glory that will reveal us it will be revealed through us and with us, with just the heavens coming together, and you see the glory of the Father, and we spend eternity with Him. That is the hope to be living for. And suddenly when you have that in mind, it just feels like, man, what I'm going through today is actually all right. It's not easy. It's not like, I'm, it's tough, but I'll be all right, because I have a joy set before me. And I think some of us actually just need to lift our eyes again. To Him, not to your situation, but to Him, the one that actually showed us how to endure, the one that endured, the one that gave his life. And so let's pray. Oh, let's, my, we can maybe respond in worship. So maybe, Gabby, you guys can just join us here in the front. Just in this moment, just fix your eyes on Him. And Lord, we thank You that, that You gave Yourself. You gave Yourself willingly. We thank You, Lord, that You had, had such a joy set before You that You endured the cross. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. I pray for us this morning as some of us, might have drifted in our eyes, might have drifted in our sights. I pray that this morning we will fix our eyes on you again. I Thank you, Lord. And I want to say it is that, like I said earlier, we were the joy set before him. Me and you. When he died on the cross, he had us in mind not in a heretical way, but actually He wanted to save us from hell. He wanted to save us from our sin because we all fall short of His standard. We all fall short of His glory. But the price that He paid made a way for us. He died for us on the cross. He rose again so that He can actually pay for your sin, that He can pay for your eternity, that He can bring salvation to you That He can come and root you in Him. That you're not rooted in yourself anymore. You're not rooted in in the world anymore. You're rooted in Christ. But we have to say yes to that. And before we want to worship, I actually want to give us an opportunity. If there's anyone this morning that said, I actually haven't given my life to Him. And this morning is an opportunity for you to respond. Jesus has you in mind when He died on the cross? Have you said yes to Him? Have you surrendered your life to Him? Have you given your heart to Him, saying, Lord, You are now my Lord, and I follow You? And if you haven't made a decision in your life, I want to ask you this morning, why don't you do that? And with all the eyes closed, if that is you, just raise your hand where you're sitting. I want to pray for you.